Hey there, I'm Natalie Abbott, and this is The Dwell Podcast. At Dwell, we help you memorize one Bible verse every month. On our weekly podcast, we talk about what our verse means, how it's challenging us, and about how the God of the universe wants to connect with us in our daily lives. Well, welcome back to The Dwell Podcast. This is your host, Natalie Abbott, and today we get to talk with Jamie Ivey. We are talking about one of her favorite verses, which is our verse for the month at Dwell that we're memorizing. It is, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. It's from Matthew 5, 14. So for those of you who listened last week, uh, we talked a lot about calling. What does it mean to fulfill that calling of being a light in the world? And today we're going to talk a little bit about her book. We're going to talk about finding your voice and using your talents for the Lord. So welcome back, Jamie. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, I'm so excited. Um, So you wrote this book, UBU. And when I first read the title, I was like, oh, hmm. It's another one of those books about like, you can do it, girl, you get the you got this, you know, you're the boss lady, you know, run with your life. Um, But then as I'm reading your book, I'm like, oh, that is not what she is talking about because that is crushing, right? None of us can be the boss lady all the time. So tell me, what did you mean by the title UBU? It is so crushing. You're so right. You know, and funny, here's a funny story. So I picked up my kids from camp um, and I had my very first copy of this book in the car. And so my son gets in the car, he's 16. And I'm like, look, you know, like, he's not going to read it. You know, it's his mom, whatever. But yeah. I'm like, look, I have a copy of my book. He'll, he, he knew the title. Cause I've talked about it before uh-huh. and he gets in the car. I pick him up from camp. It's a Christian camp. And he goes, you be you. He goes, we talked at camp this week about how bad it is to say that to someone like you be your own boss. You're your own truth. You do do whatever you want. And I was yeah. like, you're right. All those things are bad. You're so right. And so uh, it's funny because that is the first thing that some people will think of. But once you get in, you know that that's not that's not what I'm saying at all. But the point of the book that I wrote is I do want you to be you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want you to be you that God created you to be. I want he I want you to be the person, the woman, the man that God has created you to be. There's this tendency for, especially women, I can't speak on behalf of men. I'm not a man, but I feel like I see it a lot in women's circles of wanting and desiring other people's gifts, talents, resources, life, fill in the blank. Mm -hmm. And then we have a lot of people giving us the messages that you can have it, that if you do this, you can create your own destiny. You can be your own boss. You are the greatest woman that's ever lived and you can do no wrong. And I don't think those things are true. Um, I think I've probably said them before, and I think that they might be halfway true. Right. But what I've seen about those things is they can't withstand the weight of the world. Like they will crumble when life gets hard. If you like believe this, like I am my own boss, I control my own destiny. Well, what happens when your child gets cancer? Like all of a sudden you'd have no control over that. Mm -hmm. Or I can do, you can do anything you want to in life. Well, that's actually not true because there are certain things that God has never set for me to take on or do or be a part of or become. And so I wanted to write a book kind of anti that message a little bit and anti that message of you control your own destiny. You can be your own truth. You can do whatever you want, because I believe as a follower of Jesus that the only way that we do any good works is because of him. The Mm -hmm. only way that we are able to live out our specific callings, like we talked about last episode, is because of him. Um, And so you be you. I want you 
the listener. I want you to be you. I want you to be who God has made you to be. I love it. That's so good. And not only that, but I love that it's it's almost like you're taking that idea and and redefining it for yeah, it. Yeah, I hope so. And the thing that's so interesting to me about that is that it's not all bad. Like that idea of wanting to be fully yourself is actually a good desire that we have that has become warped by yeah. how we interpret it and try to live it out in our, in our own flesh. We're being who God has intended us to be. You know, that's a completely different thing. 100%. And I think this idea of what we define as a successful person has been kind of altered as well. And so my thing is, I think we need to redefine what success is. And, Mm. you know, like, obviously there's standards in our field of expertise. Obviously there are like good markers to hit for a financial success for a business. Obviously there's things that you can kind of go on. But if my standard of success is what she's doing, there's no way I can hit it. You know, it's impossible. And so I want to be faithful to what God's asked me to do, to what he's asked me to do, not you, not another woman, not what someone else defines as success. But if I'm being faithful, I think that's success. Yeah, I think there were there were a couple of times when I was reading your book that I was like, I like I kind of teared up a little bit because it was so freeing. Like yeah. it's such, not that I didn't already know these things, but like to be reminded of the freedom that we have in Christ to be who we are, yeah. that we don't have to live up to somebody else's standard for us, that we get to, um, we get to walk in the freedom of the Holy Spirit and to live a life that is beautiful, that's unique and individual and in our own sphere of influence with the talents and gifts that God has given us. Like, Amen. Yeah. And I mean, and I need to hear those remindings. I mean, you know, it's not like I've arrived and I'm like, let me just tell you, Jamie Ivy has conquered it all. And she never <laughs> struggles with this. No, like I need to be reminded of the truth as well. And so I'm glad you felt that way. I want it to be like, we're all in this together. I'm your friend. And we're just reminding each other of what is true. Girl, amen. Yes. There were so many times where I was like, oh yes, I struggle with that too. That is so good that you're telling me this. Um, So I really appreciated when you talked about finding and using your voice. Um, You talk a lot about Esther and how she had a voice and that she had a voice before she actually kind of spoke into something big. But you say in your book, you get to use your voice to spread the gospel. You get to use your voice to make him known and bring him glory. You get to use your voice, not because you've earned it or deserve it or because you're the best person for the job, but simply because God has invited you into his work with him. He places value on you and adores you as his daughter. No further invitation is needed. Your invite is the love of God in you, using you to speak to the people right in front of you. And I just thought, what a great way of just like giving people a a perspective on their lives that's different. Like you get to spread the gospel. You get to use the voice that God has given you, the talents that God has given you. Um, And so I just... I just love that. And I wanted you to speak more on that. Like, how does somebody go about finding their specific voice? You know, I think there's this story that I tell in the book about how I, it's in this chapter you're talking about how I um, audition. It's weird. I auditioned for like a radio show here in Austin and I won. I'd never worked in radio. I'd never spoken to a microphone and I ended up winning. And so what that did for me is I felt like, 
I mean, I love that job so much. It's, it's as much as I love podcasting. That's how I felt in that moment. And I was like, this is my new thing. I <laughs> am a radio DJ and I loved it. And I felt like I have a voice and it was an actual voice, but I mean, even more like people were listening to me. I felt like I could have things to say, like I could point people to the Lord, all those things. And then I got, and then I quit. And mm. so I kind of had these moments of, did I lose that voice? Like what, what happened? Because is anyone listening now? And it was a big wake up call for me because after I got myself out of my little pity party for about two or three weeks or months, I don't remember. <laughs> um, a feeling like I've lost my voice. I'm not important anymore. I have nothing to say. God was so kind to me to point me back on my life and be like, you didn't get your voice when you got a job at the radio station. Mm. You've had this voice in you since the day you were born. Like mm. you've had these things. And so I looked back over the last like 10 years of my life and I'm like, okay. So there was a season when I was a coach at a, my first job out of, high, out of college. I was a coach and a teacher at a school. Those people that I was teaching and coaching and pointing to life, they mattered. Like I was using my voice every day. Then I had children. They, when I would speak to them, sometimes they were the only people I was speaking to all day long. <laughs> yes. Aaron would come home and I would just be like chatty, chatty. And he's like, have you talked to anyone today? I'm like, no, nobody. I've talked to nobody but these kids. <laughs> no adult person. <laughs> no adult person. Um, that mattered then. You know, when I taught fifth grade Sunday school at our church, that mattered then. Mm -hmm. When I served in our county jail, that mattered then. And so it's, it's, it's believing and trusting like we talked about with our callings, but also knowing that your voice matters and you get to use it to whoever is in front of you. And wherever God's placed you is where it's going to work best because we think, okay, I can start my ministry. I can start my life when I get out of college or when I get married or when I turn 40 or when I get on a stage or went fill in the blank. And so we think that's when our life, our ministry, our voice will be used best. And I think that we are missing out on a lot, on a lot of um, satisfaction a lot of success as in being faithful with where God wants you when we're constantly thinking, I'll have a voice when this happens instead of going, how do I use the voice that God's given me to whoever is right in front of me? And sometimes, I mean, that changes over all of our lives. Like I just listed five different things I've done in my life and there's a thousand more of where that voice has been used. Yeah. And I think, I think that ties back into our verse about you are the light of the world. Like this idea of a town built on a, on a hill cannot be hidden. Like your town is, is there for the people around to find shelter and to, to know where to go in the dark. That light is leading people to someone, to Christ. Right. And it's that same thing. It's it, your voice, whatever your sphere of influence is at the, this given point of time in your life that's where you need to use it. That's where you need to let your light shine. So you talk more in your book about finding your talents. And one of the things you say is you only get one chance to make a difference right where you are. So this idea of kind of being where you are, right? So there's a lot of people who feel like where they are doesn't matter. Um, what would you say to somebody who feels that way? The story that I talk about in this part of the book is from the parable of the talents and mm -hmm. it's the parable that Jesus tells and he talks about a master of his, of his place. He was going away on a trip. And so he gave his servants, one of them, he gives five, one, he gives two, one, he gives one. And the parable goes that the person with five, when the master comes back had multiplied. So he comes back and he's like, here's the five you gave me. And here's five more. And the master's like, way to go. Well, good job. 
the person with two comes back. He's like, you gave me two. I've got two more masters. Way to go. The person with one comes back and he's like, hey, you gave me one. I buried it. It's safe. Here you go. And <laughs> the master in the story is not happy. Like you can read it. He says some mm -hmm. not kind things to this guy. And what that story represents to us as followers of Jesus is like, God has given us equally what we need and equally not as in like the number. Cause it's not about like the number of talents that you have. It's what you do with it. And so what I see from that is you have everything you need. So you're looking and like, what is my talent? What is my gifting? God has equipped you. He has equipped you with every single thing that you need. So you already have enough. You don't need to go out and try to figure out how am I going to get more? What's more talent? What does that look like? And then the next thing is to think through that is like, okay, so if I have everything I need, you need to do something with it. Okay. The flip side of everything we've been talking about is there's this, um, there's this idea in culture right now of like, do more, hustle more, bigger, better, more <laughs> followers, all the things. But there's also the flip side of that, of people who go, I can't do anything or I can't serve God because I have all these kids at home. I am not worth much anymore. And I, and I don't have any talent. You see what I'm saying? It's the opposite. Like, I guess I'll just stay home and change diapers and my life is over. And I know there's other areas of that. I always talk about with motherhood because that's how I felt at a season where I was like, oh, I guess this is it. And so there's the flip side of people who are like, I'm not going to do anything. And that's what we see with the guy with the one. He was like, I'm not going to do anything with what you've left me. And Jesus in his parable is like, I've given you exactly what you need. It's not amount of the talents because other people have other giftings. So it's not the number. It's you give, I've given you everything you need. And I want you to do something with it. I want you to do something with what I have given you. And I think God is screaming at us that he wants us to do something. He wants us to use our talents to go right back to where we were in that Matthew verse to give him glory and make his name known. And so it's that city on a hill that we've been talking about is like when you're taking what God's given you, you have a light like Jesus is the light of the world. And because of him, we are the light as well. We get to be light in a dark world. Yeah. And part of the way that we get to do that is when people see our good works. They don't give glory to us. They give it right back to God. Amen. Amen. Um, so one last thought, my sister Vera and her husband, Matt always did this thing. And it somehow this, your book reminded me of this when I was reading it, but they would come home to like family gatherings and they're my, fa our family is massive, just massive, crazy fiesta at my mom's house. And every time that they would leave, they would talk about uh, everybody and you know how it was or whatever. And the one question that they would always ask is who was the most themselves this time? Oh. And so it was kind of one of those things where you would see certain people who um, every time they would designate, that's the person who we got to see the most as themselves. And mm -hmm. I think that's kind of a cool way of thinking about who God has made us to be, right? That he wants to see us be the most like ourself. Yeah. So wherever we are, whatever sphere that we have influence in, you know, whatever, whatever we're doing, whatever season of life, you know, are you being the most yourself right now? That's a good question to ask. So I love that. I love that story. Yeah. Anyway, well, we are about out of time for this episode, but I am so excited for our listeners to hear one more time with you next time. And for those of you who haven't already, you should check out Jamie's new book, You Be You. It is an 
excellent read. I laughed. I cried. It was so good. Um, So check that out and join us again next episode. We are going to be talking about comparison, which is kind of a dirty word. It should be a dirty word at least. Um, So we're going to talk about that next time and just talking about how comparison cripples us. It cripples our ministry. It cripples the way that we think about ourselves and our personal lives. So that's where we're headed next and join us next time. Thanks for joining us this time, Jamie. Thank you so much. All right. We'll see you next time. Hey, thanks for joining us on the Dwell Podcast. You can find out more about us at Dwell Differently on Instagram, Facebook, and at dwelldifferently.com online. We help people connect with God through scripture memory, daily posts, a weekly blog, and of course, this podcast.